Alright, race fans, welcome to the Caution Flag Contemplations Podcast with Casper the host. This is your home for all the racing news and nonsense you actually need. Whether you're here for some dirty talk or the juicy details of my asphalt affair, just remember this show is by fan for the fans. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Calling all iRacers. This is an emergency alert. For those of you that have paint schemes that make you look slow, there is only one place to go, and that will be RockyTopRaceWraps.com. For all of your iRacing needs, you guys know the faster it looks, the faster it goes. A good wrap will add at least 15 horsepower. I've heard that some of the wraps from Rocky Top Race Wraps add up to 97 horsepower. So I recommend you head on over there. Look at uh, RockyTopRaceWraps.com. Be sure to uh, send them a message. And, uh, hey, they might give you a deal if you mention the podcast. I don't know. I don't know. They might. They probably will. But uh, head on over there. uh, Get some help making your ride look nice. Thanks. All right, all right, all right. Welcome in, race fans. Uh, Welcome to the uh, Dirty Talk. This is going to be a great episode here. Um, We're going to have our first guest on the show with... Casper the host, I'm pretty excited. Uh, this guy is, uh, he's pretty good to me. So, uh, he loves some dirt racing. Not all about that NASCAR life. You know, he likes it a little bit, but he's not all about that NASCAR life. But by God, if it's got some dirt in it, he is all about it. So I'm pretty pumped for that. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. We're going to cover the, uh, the past weekend, the upcoming weekend, and a couple news topics. And we are going to hit a couple of those unfortunate asphalt topics i know you dirt people don't want to hear about it but we got to talk about some of this crazy 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 nascar news thank y'all for listening sit back relax enjoy the show let's do this thing welcome to the dirty talk this section is for all of you who know the truth dirt is for racing and asphalt is for getting there sit back and let's get dirty all right welcome in race fans welcome to this wonderful wonderful episode of caution flag contemplations like i said we have our first ever guest on here. I'm pretty excited about that. That way, you know, y'all don't have to listen to me ramble by myself. You can listen to me ramble with another rambler. It'll be a great time. So, uh, without further ado, welcome in to Mr. JP, the uh, one and only owner of the uh, uh, Rocky Top Race Wraps. So, go see him at rockytopraceraps.com. Welcome in, sir. How you doing today? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Uh, not too bad. Not too bad. Did you enjoy that uh, little iRacing deal there? Uh, Volusia on the uh, Peacemaker Gaming. Yeah, that was a good one there. I kind of stepped on a little bit at the beginning, knocked the right rear out of it. Yeah, Just kind of had to hold on it. Was qualifying rough? Yeah, I, I can never qualify, to be is, honest with is you. Is that a uh, closed league, no no setups? They're, they're already done? Yeah. That's yeah, it's fixed up. Okay. Well, cool. Well, just kind of let everybody know. Uh, this is a this this is a reminder. This is a podcast by fans for fans. So, uh, since you are a fan, we got to ask a couple questions. Uh, what is your favorite dirt track to attend? 
My favorite dirt track to attend is probably got to be I-75. Man, after going to that last race last year there, seeing Ashton Winger and Mac McCarter going at it until they eventually, you know, had their kerfuffle, that was probably one of the craziest races I've ever actually been to. And they have tear parking, which is also wonderful. I'm glad you said uh, I-75 because if you said Boyd's, that'd be really sad. Uh, <laughs> but we'll get to yeah. that later. Yeah. Uh, all right, I-75 is not bad for those of you don't know that. It's located in Nyota, Tennessee, uh, and you should all go there. It used to be like five-tenths of a mile or, five, what was it, five-eighths five or something eight. like that. Now it's like a third, three-eighths, whatever it is. And uh, they finally kind of got it figured out. It races really good, so that's a good pick. Um, other than that, who is your favorite dirt driver and uh, your favorite NASCAR driver after that? Uh, dirt driver... Probably got to be Davenport, Scar. <laughs> Probably got to be Larson. Hashtag forty nine, the goat, right? Yeah. Um, Larson. Okay, that's that's good enough. He's okay. He won me some money this weekend, so I can live with it. But um, all right. Well, moving on. Kind of the plan for the show here is, uh, since it's your first time, we're going to do a little recap from last weekend. We're going to talk about some news, and uh, then we're going to talk about this big week we got coming up. So, um, this last weekend, kind of the, uh, there's a lot of racing going on, kind of sneaky, because there's no national races, no uh, World Outlaws, no Lucas, but um, you had the MLRA event, you had uh, Spring Nationals, and then you had the Crates at Bristol, which we'll talk about that. That was kind of a weird deal how they did that. Um and I think CR USA was down at, I'm going to say this wrong, Crotchkin Motor Speedway or whatever it is in Georgia. Um, they were down there doing that thing. So, um, But Spring Nats, um, I'm assuming you watched it or at least have seen some of the highlights, started out at Buckshot Speedway. Um, I think that's the first race there. Is that accurate there, JP? Uh, they, I don't remember if it was another series, but I've seen another race there. Because okay. Hunt the Front's been there before, and I think they might have raced there last year with like Southern All Stars, All Stars or something maybe. like that. Okay. Yeah, so it's in Clanton, Alabama. Which, for those of you that don't know, Clanton is like the peach capital of Alabama. Everybody thinks Georgia's made for peaches. If you go to Clanton, there's a stop off of uh, shoot, what's that interstate? I guess it's 59 South. Or, I think it's 59. It's either 59 or 65. I think it's 59. I don't know, but there's this place there called Peach Park, and you can go over there. Get you some fresh peach ice cream. It's delicious. Uh, JP really loves peaches. He'd probably really enjoy that. So, um, all right. So, right off the rip, first thing you notice about Buckshot Speedway, what is it when you look at the video? It's small. Okay. It's extremely small. Okay. What about the walls? They're blue. The Do you walls see it? are blue. I was like, what in the world is this? But I kind of liked it. But it made me feel like that track needed to be closer to, like, the beach or something. I don't know why, but, like, the color blue was, like, a ocean blue, and it just felt like it should be at the beach. Did you get those vibes, or am I crazy? I don't know about the beach. I, I really like the blue walls. I kind of get tired of seeing, you know, white walls or the white and red, you know? Yeah, well... It's, it's kind of cool to see something different. I actually really like, like, a blue or green, um, and it's not, like, a dark blue. It's kind of like a light blue. And I feel like it really helps kind of with the visibility on the dirt. You know how dirty walls get at a dirt track. Yeah. Um, you know, this is our dirty talk episode, so most asphalt people probably already turned this shit off. But, um, you know, it's like uh, it's one of those things where, you know, it maybe that wall color helps uh, them see it better for one, two. Maybe they don't have to clean it off as much. I don't know. I, but I was pretty impressed with it. The track was pretty good. First race I've ever watched there. 
I guess you said you've seen Hunt the Front there with the All-Stars or something. Uh, yeah. I don't watch that many Southern All-Star races. I'll just be honest. I, I used to go to them all the time, but I don't watch them that much streaming. Um, but that's pretty cool. So, uh, anyways, ended up being a great race. Um, kind of started off there. Um, I guess Joiner was kind of just basically whooping them all uh, on the front there. Joseph, Jonathan, which one is it? You're the on the front Joseph. guy. Joseph, that's right. Joseph. I can't. It's hard to keep them up because they got like a million J names, but uh, Joseph there yeah. in the ten basically just whooped them all. Um. There wasn't a whole lot going on. They had some restarts, and it seemed like whoever was on the inside there just kind of washed up and was screwed. Um, yeah. Basically, whoever was in second, I think it got what winger, and then uh, what's that other guy in the two, the uh, runner car, Cowan. Hayden Cowan. They both basically got hosed. The same thing, back to back restarts. Um, so I didn't feel like there was a whole lot to talk about there, other than you know wingers out there running regional races in his car still doing his thing uh so yeah. clearly their rest hadn't affected him too much yeah. uh <laughs> i guess maybe he's got to make money to pay the lawyer huh, huh, huh? yeah maybe i don't know man yeah i don't know either but um so anyway so that had been a good deal uh and joiner got his first spring nationals win there um at buckshot on friday night so um saturday they rolled into eames east alabama motor speedway and um we've never been there i know you hadn't been there either um I that track like the last two races I've watched there have been just I mean they're crazy. I mean, am I wrong? Yeah, I'm with you. And something about those tracks without walls. Yeah, it's the same thing like at I-75 and yeah, tracks it's, like that in Lernerville. It's I don't know what it is. It's like dudes just drive off super hard into it, and I I feel like if I was driving, I would wouldn't drive it that hard, you know. Yeah, it's it's almost like they would rather go flip it over the edge than hit a concrete wall. I, I don't know. It's kind of strange, but I think the the thing about um, East Alabama that I didn't know until I've watched it here recently is how banked it is and how wide it is. It is super wide, um, yeah. and it's banked pretty good from what I've I can tell, and uh, it ends up racing pretty good. I mean, I I kind of you know I lived in Alabama for a while, and everybody's kind of talking about it. Like no, nah, it's not that race. No, there sucks. You're gonna they're gonna race till three o'clock in the morning and all that. And you know they still do have a little bit of that, but they also have some really big races and they try to bring in all the sport classes, similar to like what we used to do at Cleveland with the gobbler or whatever. I mean, it happens when you got two hundred cars, right? Yeah. Um, but I don't know. So um, the first twelve laps of that race was well, Sam C. Wright and Ashton Winger, and it was like. 12 laps Dang. of nothing but just firing them at each other down in the corner yeah, and i was like yeah, they were they were going at it it was wild I mean, it was it was insane um and so i guess right there like I, I, right after about 12 laps there's like a lap car um spun in front of c right as he was you know dive bombing winger again and um he had to check up really hard from the bottom and he also turned right, and he ended up going over the banking over there in, what, two, I think. And, yeah. um, I, you know, I was like, well, he's done. That sucks. <laughs> um, I mean, Overton was sitting there in third, and I was like, well, I'm sure Overton and Winger will have a race. But I, I thought he would be done, and then they gave him a spot back, which I don't know what your opinion on that is, but I did want to get it. Um, if there was a wall there, he was clearly done for the day, right? Like, he was, his car would have been done. 
because uh, there's not a wall he's not i i don't know i know the other car spun and i guess they decide that he um avoided him but i just i don't know what do you think about going over the banking you think you should be allowed to get your spot back or do you think maybe that's like a we should send him to the back and that one's tricky i mean when i was watching it i saw it it looked like there was nothing else for him to do but go over and yeah, that car was there, and that was his only reaction, the only place where he could put it. Yeah. And it's, that's a tough one. Uh, I don't necessarily think he should have got a spot back. Yeah. But, I mean, that's because, like you said, you know, if that's a wall with a track with a wall, he's going to hit that, and it's probably going to junk his car, and he'll be done. Yeah, I mean, we haven't had a whole lot of those tracks that we've been to over the year. Even at I-75, dude, if you go over I-75, I mean, I there's some big yeah. ruts down there. You're stuck and tearing stuff up. So I, I don't really know that it applies. But I just, I mean, it's, I, I, get, I get it. His car was fine. It wasn't his fault. They gave him a spot back. It's just interesting. And um, this whole no wall thing, I mean, it uh, it's something that, you know, some tracks, like, you know, we haven't been to Smokey since they've redone it. Obviously, we tried to go, like, three times or four times or five times or how many ever times it's got rained out. But um, I'm curious to kind of see what three and four looks like down there with no wall and how they handle some of those things. Just something to watch. Um, I know at Talladega Short Track, uh, when I lived down there, it seemed like you went over and they were pretty much sitting to the tail. But they also didn't have video replay to go back and look at this stuff. So I don't know. It's interesting. I, I just feel like maybe you should get to come back and in your position you come back on the track in, like when you come back over the banking. or Honestly, and this is you know probably upsetting to everybody out there, or like a five-spot penalty for going over. So I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just it's strange to me to go off the track like that and just get your spot back. If I guess my, my thing is, so if you are in a wreck in the infield, uh, at 411, uh, a lot of times you don't get your spot back, right? I mean, yeah, it, yeah, I, I guess that's kind of uh, where I was at with it. So, oh no, but interesting. So, anyways, we're only 12 laps in this race, we better move on. Um, after that, uh, they continued Winger and Sam Seawright continued to just kind of go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, and then eventually, um, over uh winger got away a little bit and um i think it was winger got away and then overton ended up taking the lead with like 12 to go and you know he kind of just checked out at that point um but the thing about it is was it was what like a 70 lap race and them guys just i mean they probably threw sliders each other for the top three positions for i don't know 90 percent of the race it felt like i think it was basically till like 10 to go um, yeah. So, obviously, in the South, we get these red clay tracks. We don't see that all the time. So, when we do get to see it for a whole race like that, instead of it being single file, it's exciting. And um, just a reminder to all the Midwest boys, they can put on some good races down here, right? Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, anyways, Brandon Overton uh, ended up getting the win at East Alabama. Uh, I'm sure he needed that. You know, he's had a little bit of a rough year um, as far as I'm concerned. Do you remember when the last time he won was? Speed Weeks? Oh, my maybe. God. Did he I win at Speed Weeks? Did he even I win in Speed Weeks? He really hadn't looked that good this year, so he may not have. Um, you know, 
he had said he was going to chase Lucas. I don't know if he's still doing that. They haven't raced in like what two months now, so yeah, almost nobody three. Nobody knows what anybody's doing. Anymore. So the points. <laughs> I was actually thinking about pulling out the points for this episode, and I was like, we better wait till they race again and see who's even trying this anymore. But um, so really good for Overton to get the win. Obviously, he's got a big week coming up. Um, Kyle Busch driving his car and all that. So um, other than that, we'll move on from Spring Nationals. MLRA event out at Lucas Oil Speedway in Missouri. Um, it was pretty much, you know, Friday Friday and Saturday. Good car counts with uh, everything getting rained out for World Outlaws at Farmer City. Um, basically, these guys, even though it was only a 5 and a 10, they're, they're tired of sitting at the house doing nothing. So let's go race. Um, yeah. What did you think about the uh, Friday race there? I thought it was pretty good. And anytime I I like RTJ pretty good, and anytime I get to see him win, it makes me pretty happy. Yeah, I mean it. It looked to me like kind of typical what you see out there at Wheatland. It's just I don't know. I don't love the track. I some from t- sometimes it has put on some good racing. I don't know if the amount of money they're paying maybe has these guys not driving as hard. But it, you know he was in the lead. It it seems kind of aero dependent out there to me. Um these days which the super late models you put them on a big enough track they just are at this point right but yeah um i don't know not really a whole lot to talk about he kind of dominated looked good um as i've said on the show kind of throughout the year i think that he's probably looking like the best driver so far this year um you know davenport i think is still up there i think they've still been rolling they had some bad luck in speed weeks but um I think they're kind of getting it pointed. And uh, so that was kind of pretty much I was glad to see him out there. And I was like, ha, told y'all he was going to do good um, when he got the dub there. He also did that BS crap about or the RTG, RTJ I'm talking about. You saw the, the sprint car picture, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then he, like, told people in the comments, no, it's not April Fool's. And then on Sunday morning, he's like, yeah, it's an April Fool's. Or he said, I think the car got stolen out of the shop or yeah, I'm like, yeah, come so. on, dude. Don't tease us like that. Don't tease us like that. Yeah. By the way, I'm going to ask you a question about Davenport running that million here in a little bit. Don't let me forget that when we get to the news or the NASCAR section, whatever. Um, right. So Saturday night went out um, for 10000 and Davenport basically replaced RTJ um, on Saturday night. Pretty much just was quick basically the whole night, went out whooped the field and uh, i think he actually lapped uh rtj there like yeah, one or two to go um i think ricky finished he still finished what like 15th 16th it's not like he was in the 20s or anything but got lapped because jd was just that good um you see him doing good at big tracks like that and you got to imagine the rest of everybody's getting a little bit nervous right yeah i mean they uh, seem to have that thing dialed back in. So uh, we'll see what he's got this week. Um, the only other two I was going to bring up there this week, and I have not really, I didn't watch it, and I hadn't really seen any highlights, but I did want to point out Bristol. They had the uh, they had a steelhead race there, and they also had a 604 crate race. Uh, Tyler Bear won the steel race, and Ricky Weiss run, ran, won the crate race. Um, I've made it pretty open on the show. I'm sure you've listened, or maybe not. But uh, I basically said I think this is it for Dirt Bristol this year. Uh, 
Um, you think that's a thing after, I mean, after they canceled the dirt nationals and all that, I mean, surely that's not on accident, right? Yeah. And I, I honestly think they should get rid of it. I mean, you know, these guys coming out here on dirt, you know, that's essentially uh, a dirt driver's Talladega Daytona kind of track. And, you know, they go out there and they tear the shit up and they get hurt. I mean, they're going so fast. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of a lot of people don't want to race in that and then you know there are some people that do yeah. but uh with the, what happens with the dirt guys tearing their stuff up and honestly taking away one of the best nascar tracks kind of kind of sucks yeah well i mean you saw that one guy uh, i can't I, i'm sorry i can't remember his name you might but that one uh had that really bad wreck or uh old richard allen from uh, inside dirt racing report there put up the picture from the infield of that one I think it was a crate. It was blue and red. And, uh, I mean, you saw that. That car was just destroyed. And, I, yep. you know, we went to that first Dirt Nationals, and, dude, did they wreck a single car there that wasn't just junked? I mean, yeah, I mean no. Even, <laughs> Every even one of them just junked. qualifying, just single car qualifying, dude. Flips yeah. And yeah. The, the, the speeds and then the motor, the, you know, engines running at high RPM you know for as long as they are down the straightaways i remember when we went you'd hear like the front wheel drives and stuff they're on the chip at the flag stand <laughs> you're like yeah oh my god what are we doing but uh yeah i don't know so I don't, i'm curious to see what happens with bristol uh congratulations to tyler bear on getting the win and ricky weiss oh canada uh getting the dub up there he's kind of got the crate thing figured out he's been racing a weird schedule have you noticed that yeah yeah he's I think he kind of backed off the tours, didn't he, and started running some local stuff around Tennessee. Yeah, well, then, like, during speed weeks, he was out there in New Mexico running supers or crates or something, you know. uh, They ran those races in Arizona and New Mexico, and, you know, they're having, like, 12 cars and just not, I mean, some of the guys out there are okay, you know, but they're just not what you get over here. Uh, during Florida George Speed Week, so it was it was kind of strange to see what he's doing. I'm curious what he's doing. Obviously, he's racing out of Crossville. Um, still, as far as I know, I don't know kind of what his plan is for the year, but it seems like it's going to be these regional things. Um, he signed in for Tazzle this week, so I guess he's probably going to run. I think he's run pretty much all the Spring Nationals races so far. Um, so I guess you're going to see him more on a regional schedule um pretty close to probably what like carson ferguson's running um i don't know it's interesting to see what happens with that i I think he'll be doing those races like it'll be him ross bales um and maybe overton overton hadn't really decided yet so i guess we'll see what happens there but uh definitely curious to see what he does he he likes those big tracks you talked about some guys like those big tracks he loved it up there and i mean from yeah. what i remember um when they did the dirt nationals he was quick in practice quick in qualifying quick with uh outlaws and all that um and i think he likes that uh west virginia motor speedway when it was big too so he's just one of the big track guys like just run wide open which is cool um other than that craig racing usa ran at crotch again like i said Kyle Bronson going to picking up the crate win. I, I mean, you know my feelings on Bronson. I, I don't know. It's what it, I don't like him. I never have. Never Good will. Old big neck. Yeah, big thick neck. Right. Um, I, I'm <laughs> that one time that you know me and uh, 
me and Watkins were up there at um what's that track? Florence. Um we went for the Ralph Latham and that one guy was just like a diehard Kyle Bronson fan. I was scared to tell him I don't that you know I didn't like Kyle Bronson because I thought he might beat my ass, but um we sat next to that guy and uh <laughs> he was cool for a while, but at some point I realized that I did not like Kyle Bronson just because this guy liked Kyle Bronson. So um <laughs> I don't know if you ever heard that story, but if not, you should ask uh, ask our buddy about that. But um, there's also like three hours of track prep before the feature, and they still ran single file. But um, yeah, that just kind of is what it is. So uh, other than that, I didn't have any more results from the weekend. I really wanted to go over. Did you have anything else that I missed? Any comments on any of those? I didn't let you make. Ah, uh, no, not really. I, I thought I covered it for me. All right, that's good. Uh, your favorite driver, I, I mean, this is not the NASCAR show, but your favorite NASCAR driver to get the dub, obviously, as well. As we covered in the Asphalt Affairs episode this week, if you guys haven't listened to that, please go back and listen to that. It is called Young Money the Return, I believe. You like that, JP? I, yeah. yeah, Young yeah, Money the name, Return. Man. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I couldn't remember how we spelled Young Money, but I have the sticker. Um when I bought that sticker pad, you know, when he first drove late models yep. out of the trailer, and it's spelled that way, so that's how we put it in there. But um, All right, well, we'll hit up the news for the week here, um, and then we will get into, um, I guess, what's going on this week. So uh, we'll start off with the depressing news. Uh, our original hometown track there, Boyd Speedway, announced that it has been sold to a construction group. I have not... I've not really seen an official announcement from Brown's Earth Moving or whatever it was. I've never even heard of that. Yeah. And I know so, a lot of people in Chattanooga. So I actually read an article earlier today. Um, apparently that company was actually part owners of the track already. Yeah. And they just sold out their other half. Apparently they're supposed to be making a statement sometime next week about what's going to happen to it. So... Who yeah. knows? Uh, I got a feeling it's going to get bulldozed. Was that on News Channel Nine or? Yeah. Okay. Some, one of the local news. Okay. Yeah. I uh, I know. I did know they were sponsored the track because of a post that Riley Hickman made on Facebook. Um, for those of you that don't know who Riley Hickman is, that is the man that uh, these two guys right here grew up just watching just absolutely destroy everybody down there at Boyd Speedway. He'd show up with like three cars literally in one night and win with all of them. He also had cars, you know, named Hustler, Lil Wayne, Criminal. I mean, just badass looking race cars with badass names. I mean, when you name your your race car Criminal, I mean, does it get any better than that? Just yeah. just saying. You, you, I, I miss those days. Yeah. The, but, the best story about Riley Hickman, though, is... Man. He got rained out at 411 and drove down. Uh, the Smoky Mountain Started, world. or whatever yeah, it was, got yeah. rained out. Drove down to Boyd, started dead last. Within like two or three laps, he got there winning the yeah. race. Yeah, that was uh, that was like one of the original Tennessee tip-offs for the World Outlaws at um at Smoky Mountain. And we were at Boyd's that Friday, and uh, Riley wasn't there. And uh, they t- he, I think he took two cars to Smoky Mountain. Cause I think they were running crates and supers in. Uh, we had seen it, you know, on the on the old iPhone 4S there, you know, back when I get on Facebook on there, I'd seen that he was up there, and I was like, oh, dang, he's not going to race down here. And then uh, I I think maybe it was a Neesmith race, or it was 
maybe SRRS from back when they were around. It wasn't yeah, just a regular race. Like it, because he he was running the steel motor, which was the criminal car, and you're right, they they unloaded that thing off of an open trailer, at like literally just a car and four tires and a jack, and uh, you know, they came from back there, and, and he, I mean, I really think he was in second after like three or four laps, and uh, did go on to win. So, like I said, total badass. But anyways, I saw on his Facebook page there. Um, I'm assuming he has the inside scoop as he has been kind of running track operations for the last couple years, uh, since, uh, the Emerson group or whoever that group was that bought it has had it. He's been doing not only a track prep, but kind of running track operations. And it looked to me like he, he basically said he's been trying to fight to keep racing at the track and that he's heartbroken because it's not happening. And, um, that's a shame. And, uh, I hope that Riley doesn't leave racing. Uh, I hated it when he quit driving. So the only good thing for us that are fans of him is maybe we'll see him back in a car. I don't know. I know that me and you have talked before, kind of that last flip at 411 uh, when he was driving that Savage. And I, I don't really yeah. know that he's – I think he's driven once since then. He drove like a Billy Franklin car to All-Stars race or something at Talladega Short Track or something like that. But Yeah, he's driven a couple of times. He drove there and Sonoma and I think maybe another I-75 uh, or something like that. Yeah, but, but uh, I, don't, I don't think it's a very much chance of him coming back with his son now driving the 602. So is he, I'm sure it, that's probably handing it, off over there. Is his son driving one now? Yeah, he he drove one earlier this year. At I-75 or? At Boyd's. He raced okay. at the Cabin Fever. Okay, so he's probably going to run. I would guess I seventy five. I know that he's been up there a lot, so I guess that's what they're gonna do. I seventy five or um Mountain View. I think I don't know that Riley likes real short tracks. Mountain View is pretty short, but we'll see. So kinda curious to see what happens with all the Boyd's racers. I think that all of the Tennessee racers probably are gonna race at Mountain View or I seventy five. Um and I would say that all the Georgia guys, I guess North Georgia. I mean, is there anything else? over there anymore no not, not really, really. North georgia and but, i think north georgia's kind of coming back up yeah there's north georgia and then that uh what blue ridge speedway um fort Payne's not that far from there um i don't know it's interesting obviously that you know they could come up to i-75 or then 411 and smoky and all that but I'd say that that's going to be a pretty big split. Um, I'd say that the car count's probably at I-75, and um, uh, Mountain View will probably really look pretty good. Um, losing Boyd's. Hate to lose Boyd's. Loved it. Grew up there for a long time. It sucked. Um, bunch of dumb stuff that I really loved about that racetrack and also used to irritate me on Friday nights. So, um, yeah. Hate that that one's shutting down. We'll miss it. Um, it it'd be really cool. You know, I don't know what your thoughts are, but if they could even just do one more race down there, I mean, uh, it just sucks the way they got rained out for the Shamrock, um, and then nothing and just sold. So maybe those guys can work out a deal to just have one more race, if nothing else. Uh, it don't have to be supers or nothing. Honestly, just a local race down there would be cool. Um, so everybody can go back one more time, but if not... It is what it is. We've known for years that's a developing area down there uh, around Camp Jordan and uh, Chattanooga. Obviously, that's a pretty growing, pretty booming, growing type area there. What do you think they're going to do with the creek? 
I mean, you got any opinions on that? I mean, <laughs> I don't know, because that, that's a good point there. If they were to put, like, apartments or a neighborhood, they're yeah. going to have to figure something about flooding. Are they, they going to build a duck pond back there? Uh, maybe. Who knows? Some people, here's, this is straight up, just for the record, because we're not real reporters, we're race fans. This is straight up Facebook gossip I saw. Somebody said it's going to be a Bucky's. Um, and... A lot of people don't know, but you can actually see the back of the track property off the interstate, and a lot of Bucky's are kind of built off the interstate a little bit. So we'll see. I don't know. I think there's a good chance that, you know, that they, there's a motocross track back there. I think they can probably build a lake back there to hold all that flood water they have problems with. And, you know, I think that camper uh, RV center property could get there. sold. Just like the racetrack can, because you can go put those campers in a field somewhere else, right? I uh, yeah, that's pretty high dollar real estate down there. There's talks about building soccer stadiums, the most un-American sport ever made <laughs> down there. So, uh, like I said, hate to see Boyd's go. It's been a lot of good times there. Um, hate to see it, but all right, moving on from Boyd's. Um, other news item that I noticed this week. Uh, Peyton Freeman in the uh, family car is going to run the Hunt the Front Tour. Um, I, so he was originally going to run what Lucas, I think, with Gr Smith. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. And um, clearly, you know, he really, Gr ain't racing. <laughs> yeah, Gr. I, all GR shits for sale on the internet that I've seen. Yeah, I keep seeing screenshots yeah. and like it's funny for those of y'all that don't know. He's like getting other people to post his stuff so nobody knows it's actually him. But um, I saw like the you know the de-stickered car and all that, and it's just it's to me it's laughable. But um, uh, so after the fallout with them, Peyton Freeman's going to go back and run the team car. He is still going to have the Coltman Farms uh, sponsorship, which is cool. Um, those guys, man, that, that, that Coleman's farm, man, shout out to them guys. They sponsor a lot of, a lot of drivers now. I think they got like three or four. So, um, it's always cool when people can put their money back into racing and keep them going. But, uh, so I was a little, man, I kind of thought that with this, you know, long off season that we basically ended up getting here after speed weeks that maybe he was going to be able to get his stuff together and go run Lucas in the family car. Obviously, he had the driver points, but um, I guess not. So that was kind of a shock to me. I really figured with the rainouts, they were going to be looking at Lucas. I mean, Lucas has only got, what, 40 races, and they've rained out like six or seven already? I mean, yeah, crazy they've probably that. only got like 25, 30 left the rest of the year. Um, so I don't, you know, exactly know the, the actual number. That could be off. I don't have it in front of me. But uh, So I was a little surprised to see that. Um. Also, the next topic is all these uh, regional series signing up with Dirt Car. Like, yeah. why? What? Huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, that... I guess that's a tech program. From what I was reading today, it sounds like the other thing is by the drivers dirt, uh, jo purchasing the Dirt Car membership, they can earn, quote, Dirt Car points. I guess that system must work somehow kind of similar like NASCAR home tracks points. Um, 
I'm not exactly sure. I'm, I'm, I don't exactly understand that. But they also, I guess, there's some per- insurance perks they get or something like that. So uh, I just think it's strange. And um, the regional tours specifically that I'm mentioning is the uh, Valvoline Ironman late models, uh, CT Promotions, and the Hunt the Front Tour both announced they were going to join that. Um, and the fallout from that, I don't, I'm assuming you saw this, but the fallout from uh, Tilly signing up for him for um, uh, the late uh, Valvoline, they are no longer going to co-sanction that big race at uh, uh, Bulls Gap, the spring thaw. So that's yeah. kind of a shock there. I'm curious to see if that has any effect on the car count. I really don't think it's going to, and the reason is it's so much money, it's just not going to matter. Um, but just kind of interesting to see how that works out. And, you know, it, it brings me to a question that we're going to talk about here in just a minute. Like, do we have too many series out there? But um, I guess they're going to go to that tech rule, so I guess they're, you know, officially drooped up and all that because um, that's a dirt car thing, so... Um, just kind of interesting how that worked out. Uh, definitely curious to see how that goes. And, you know, the, the positive that's come out of that is I hope that they, you know, work together on these schedules, you know? Um, yeah, I hate to see these regional guys that we like to race, not get to race with the big guys, but I also understand, you know, from the other side, some of the promoters, want to run their races against the big races so that the big guys can't just come and take the paycheck so that their regional racers can get paid. So I see it from both sides, but as a fan, I like to watch Corey Hedgecock go race with uh, Ward Outlaws or Lucas, right? I mean, yeah, um, you know, Corey Hedgecock, Dale McDowell, Stacey Bowles, you know, that, that group. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I really enjoy getting to watch them race with the big guys, so. Uh, definitely just kind of curious to see how many more of those tours they sign up and what the overall effect is on regional racing from that, if it's positive or negative. So, um, one more news item, and this is my only not, uh, dirt item I have. Uh, and, uh, that would be this colleague appeal, um, that was announced, you know, a couple hours before recording this podcast. Um, the, colleague team who received the same points penalty as Hendrick Motorsports um, had their penalties reduced to uh, from 100 points and $100,000, 10 playoff points to 75 points, $100,000 and 10 playoff points. So they basically got 25 regular season points back. <laughs> and I I mean, I'm confused. Are you? Is it? I mean, I, you know? Yeah. It's like they set the precedents with and way last year with RFK docking them hundreds of points for their parts. And yeah, then, you know the gold child Hendrick over here Oof. does it, and oh, don't talk about know, they get all their stuff like back. But then you know the same exact piece come off a college car, and they're they're still getting a pretty hard slap on the wrist. It there's no consistency. And they're officiating, it appears to be. There's no consistency, and there's also no transparency, and I think that's the hard part. Um, you know, like you said, with Keselowski last year, and then also with the Gibbs cars putting tape under the wrap last year, they got the same penalty. Um, I don't know. The only thing that I can come up with to explain it 
and kind of listen to the download, which I don't know if you listen to Dale Jr. download. He kind of let it slip. I don't know if he was, was intentional or not, but he was basically like, well, from what I've seen, Hendrick has texts where NASCAR officials told them they were clear to do this. And maybe Colleg didn't have those same texts. So maybe they heard that Hendrick was told they could do it, but they weren't told. So, I, you know, in the court of the uh, appeal process, maybe that that's, that's the only, other than him just being biased towards Hendrick Motorsports, that's the only argument that I can come up with that makes sense. Um... And obviously, I'm a Hendrick fan, but I gotta admit, it looks kind of it looks kind of fishy. So, yeah, I hope hope we're not being fishy, but uh, it does kind of looks like maybe that's kind of looks like. Yeah, it's definitely tough. Uh, oh, I do want to give a quick shout out, Chris Rice, the president of Collard Racing. That dude came on TV still smiling. I there, I'm he is a super positive guy. Uh, met him at Martinsville last year in the spring. That dude, he is just an all-around good guy. He comes out in the fans. I saw him at, at Talladega last year and at Martinsville just out handing stuff to fans from sponsors. I think at uh, Martinsville they are giving out circle water bottles, and I don't even remember what they were giving out at Talladega because I don't remember much at Talladega, but uh, we won't tell anybody about that. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> But, yeah, Chris Rice seems like an awesome guy, and uh, somehow he still was able to put a smile on after the news today. So, um, definite props to him on that. So, all right, here we go. This is it. So that's the news. So this is where I want, uh, I want the opinions of old JP here and oh, dirt man. and overall dirt racing. Okay. Um, I want to talk about this on a national level first, regional level second. Do we have too many series and should, uh, there was an April fool's joke about it on Twitter. But should World of Outlaws and Lucas combine to make one massive schedule? For the National Series, I do think we have too many. Uh, I don't necessarily think that World of Outlaws and Lucas need to combine. Uh, to me, the odd one out is XR, honestly. You yeah. know, they just came to the scene, what, two, three years ago out of nowhere. Yeah. And I... I felt like it was okay before then and you know with these big money races and yeah some of them are in the week and not really scheduled together but I, I do think we got too many series yeah I uh, I concur um, 100% that there's too much and you know I think it's interesting I don't know if you've noticed the uh, change in XR but XR last year all of their races were at um uh, SMI tracks, basically. It was, you know, Charlotte, um, Bristol, Vegas, Texas. Um, I think they ran at Alltech. But for the most part, it was all those, you know, NASCAR, Speedway Motorsports tracks. And they were planning to go to Vegas this year, uh, early in the year. And they, you know, they had, I think, Texas on the schedule again. And uh, I guess they had a break up there. I don't know if it's over the Bristol or just overall they weren't able to meet their money commitment back to SMI to make it profitable for SMI. I know Marcus Smith would not do that, but uh, I definitely think the XR throws a uh, kind of a wrench into things. You know, I felt like we were pushing it by having, you know, the dirt car races that's at Eldora and in Speed Weeks 
and then having Florida Outlaws and Lucas. I felt like that was pretty tough. And then I saw the schedule this year, and I think me and you might have talked about this at some point, but you know, we saw the schedules and we were like, man, Lucas and Ward Outlaws actually kind of worked together this year. I mean, they didn't make a master schedule or anything. They obviously still compete with each other, but they did a pretty good job um, not stacking it. You know, I think all the big races, all the hundreds, you know, are kind of uh, on weekends their own. But, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Do you think that these teams will be interested in running, you know, a series that say, I mean, that right now they're running what thirty weekends a year. Is there any teams out there that'll be interested in running, you know, forty-eight out of fifty-two weekends in a year? That's a lot. It's a lot. That I mean, it, it really is a lot. I mean, you know, the crazy thing is, if you look at the schedule, I mean, they're kind of lucky it rained. They really only had yeah. two weeks off this year. I mean. Yeah. You know, you had the dome, and you had the Wild West shootout, like, and then you know, straight into Speedway. I mean, they literally, I think, what Davenport and Shepard drove straight from Votto to uh, Florida, right? I mean, to get or to Georgia to get to um, Brunswick, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I. <laughs> That's a long. Yeah. So. I'm sure some of these guys are kind of glad for the break because I'm sure it's helped them get their cars back together and stuff. But it's just kind of interesting how how the schedules stack up. I'd like to see some cooperation. And, um, you know, I know that a lot of it comes down to the streaming money and they're all fighting over it. Obviously, Lucas is on Flow, Outlaws is on Dirt Vision, XR is on XR. Um, I like the XR guys, Mike Knuckles and all that, but... Uh, out of the three, they're the ones that I would chop as well. So, sorry to them. Yeah. So, here's my next question. So, we talk about that on the national level. I think everybody kind of knows the deal on the national level. And, you know, it is – it, it just kind of is what it is. That's But it, that's led to Lucas Oil only having like 10 or 12 cars that's going to run every race this year. So, the, the thing is, we know there's a bunch of more drivers out there. But they're all running these regional things. I mean, you got Southern Nationals. You have Summer Nationals. You have um, – Hunt the front. You've got Southern All Stars. You've got Valvoline, um, Ironman late models. That's five series in the Southeast Regional, and I haven't even mentioned uh, Ultimate or Carolina Clash. I mean, you know, or the Mississippi series, or yeah, like there's there's a bunch of them out there, man. I I I don't know. I I kind of would like them to work together a little better. Um, you know, it's they have some coach that sanctioned events from time to time, and I think that's a very smart thing for them to do. But I think your co-sanctioned events, you know, makes more sense to do like a, you know, maybe Carolina Clash and All Stars or something at a tri tri county or you know, kind of state state versus state, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, Southern All-Stars, when I first started watching Supers and stuff, they raced a lot in Tennessee, and they're hardly in Tennessee now. I mean, uh, they go to, like, Boot Hill. Um, I don't even know if they're at I-75. I know they don't go to, like, 411. They don't go to Smoky. Well, they go to Smoky Mountain still, I guess. But, um, you know, they used to race at Boyd's. It's just they picked up a lot of, you know, races down in Alabama, Mississippi, Florida. Um 
you know. And I think they're gonna uh, the what I worry for them is this hunt the front thing's gonna tear them apart, um, just based off their schedule and where it's located. So, um, I'm just kind of curious to see and like, I you know, everybody wants to make their money, but is there a real way to uh, do this schedule without kind of having like a master uh, organization over all of them? You think? Yeah, it's it's tricky. I mean, with all those series and like you say, the new Hunt the Front series. I I'm really I know that's we're supposed to be talking about that later, but I I'm a little nervous about that. Yeah, I no. Feel like it's gonna be strange and who's gonna run it, who's not gonna run it, and it it's gonna be its whole thing. I I'm yeah. not sure about it. So I I'll let you talk about that because I'm you know Hunt the Front's actually honestly I'm I'm a little older than you, so it's a little bit. You know, I'm a little bit past the hunt the front thing. I didn't really ever understand it. So, I mean, are is, are they getting all their YouTuber buddies to do this thing or what? I uh, I don't really know. Um, I know that they're hosting the series and they're gonna run it and race it. And is it live um, streaming on their own website? Is that what I've? Yeah, they're got their own streaming service now. Apparently, it's called Hunt the Front TV. And another thing about that is if they just partnered with uh, Dirt Car, I seen something on Twitter. Somebody said something about, you know, if they partner with Dirt Cars, their series going to end up on Dirt Vision. See, I wondered the same thing about um, the Valvoline Ironman late models. But so they have a deal with XR. A lot of their races are on XR. Um, yeah. You know, obviously Southern Nationals, Spring Nationals, they're all on Flow. Um, I mean, we all know in this area, Tilly and, you know, Chris Tilly and Ray Cook had a little bit of falling out there, um, at Tazewell, what, two or three years ago. And that's when, you know, Chris started his own series, which his series has been great. And he hasn't really, he, yeah, you know, they hadn't been getting each other's turf a whole, whole lot. And they still work together. Hell, they're a co-sanctioned that race at Tazewell this weekend. And I think they're friendly. I think they just work together for a few years. It's not like there's bad blood or anything. It's just, uh. I don't know. There's so much, so many races, man. I, I don't know. It's, uh, it's good, but I mean, we don't like, I, I don't know about you, but I hate going to a super late model race and the car counts like 20, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm with you on that. And especially with as much as they're having to pay them to even show up now to unload, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. so I don't know. It's, I would like to see, and I hate to compare it back to NASCAR and short tracks, but I would really like to see there be some kind of overruling, like, okay, this is, you know, some kind of governing body. Um, I think there's a lot of money grab going on on the streaming, but I'd like to see some kind of, you know, hierarchy or whatever kind of lining it up down the pipe, you know. Okay, national, regional, you know, local tracks. That's That's what I'd like to see, some kind of, a deal on that and i would honestly like to see some of these local tracks like work together like i think it'd be cool for like smoky mountain and tri-county they're only two or three hours apart i'd like to see them say okay we're gonna take your regulars and come run our regulars and we're gonna do like a mini series you know yeah i think i've always I, wanted to see that or i-75 mountain view those tracks are what like 30 minutes apart from each other wouldn't that be cool if like that, if that yeah like run you know even they could even do that on one weekend, you know, and say, okay, we're gonna take all our late model guys and your late model guys. We're gonna race at both tracks. It's a, it's a, you know, 
points thing. I've always thought that'd be really cool to do on like Memorial Day. Uh, Chris Tilly, if you're listening, I think this is kind of up your alley because I think your modifieds would do really well at this. But you know, just run like a weekend point series for the local guys on a on a four day weekend. You know, I think like a, a three to four race mini series at local tracks like that close to each other would be cool. And you know, it's not you don't want to put money in it towards like national money either. It's just kind of, you know, local pride kind of thing. So, um, I think that'd be cool, but all right. I, uh, I'm getting off the rails a little bit. There's a lot of thoughts that we have, but uh, Hey, so guys, just, you know, that little conversation there, when we talk about caution flag contemplations, that's the ones whenever, uh, these two children right here sitting at the racetrack and the yellow flag comes out and it takes them 45 minutes to tow two cars off the track. That's what we talk about just for the record. And that's where this whole podcast came from. So, um, that's why I'm excited to have a guest on here. Really appreciate you being on here. So kind of wrap this thing up. We're going to kind of hit the previews for the next few races we got coming up. Um, the weather's sketchy for the next five days, obviously. Um, we got big races. Uh, we've got Kyle Larson's deal at the Kyle Larson Late Model Challenge at Bulls Gap. That's going to be on Thursday tomorrow, which we're releasing this episode Thursday morning. Sorry, guys. The race is probably going on when you hear this. Uh, Spring Nationals, they're going to be at with on Friday. And they're going to be at Tazewell on Saturday, accompanied by the uh, Valvoline Ironman Late Models. That's a co-sanctioned race, like we said. 21000 win at Tazewell Speedway. Hunt the Front's going to be at Alltech, and then um, Tuesday after that, before we have another Dirty Talk episode, you're going to have the XR Working Man Series race at uh, Bulls Gap for 10000 to win, followed up by a lot more racing at Bulls Gap the next week. So um, I guess we'll start with the Kyle Larson Late Model Challenge. Um, did you go with us last year? No, I've never been to Bulls Gap. Okay, all right. Oh my God, that's sad. Hopefully, hopefully next we're, week. Yeah, I was gonna say hope, change. Hopefully, we're going next weekend. Um, by the way, we got to find a babysitter. I found out today, so we're gonna have to work on that. We'll have to call our sister. Um, anyways, so uh, Kyle Larson Late Mall Challenge. I went last year, um, to the race first time. I'd been to Bulls Gap, and I've been one more time since. But the Bulls Gap's a great track. Um, it's also a banked racetrack. It's similar to Tazewell, kind of on the banking. It's a little bit longer though, so it, you know, it kind of reminds me. I would say of like a North Georgia length, and then like a Tazewell shape and banking, if that makes sense. Um, and they got some concrete walls there that will jump out and bite you because you're hauling the mail. So. Um, definitely not one of those situations that you want to get in a big wreck because you can have a big wreck there. But, uh, the cup drivers that are going to be participating, obviously Kyle Larson, uh, and then KFB, Kyle Bush and the, uh, he's going to be in a Brandon Overton ride, which is pretty cool. Uh, Chase Briscoe is going to be in a Kyle Strickler ride, which I thought was interesting. Dude, that's interesting. Um, yeah. Wow. You know, the other podcast, I didn't even know that until like probably 20 minutes before I recorded this and I was on Twitter and Briscoe was like thanking Strickler. You know, it's interesting, you know, the other podcast that me and you both listen to pretty much on a weekly basis that hangs out at bars after cup races. Uh-huh. Uh, we've seen both of them in the videos and I, you yeah. know, 
it did, did this happen at Saeed's or Big Al's? I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm yeah, just <laughs> I'm just curious. <laughs> you know, yeah. is that where the steel came from? So uh, obviously Larson will be driving six machine for Kevin Rumley um, in his deal there. So that's it. I was hoping to see William Byron back in a Warrior car. Um, uh, you know, kind of disappointed he didn't come back, but he had a kind of a rough show and last year embarrassed himself. So I know why he didn't come. I would really like to see like a Tony Stewart show up for this thing, or you know, yeah. I mean, Just wait till next year and old old Junior's out there. Dale Earnhardt Junior. is not running a super late model. Listen, Junior, if you were to ever somehow hear this, I'm I'm I like you. You're awesome and all that. If you're Dale Junior, you would spin out a dirt late model immediately upon hitting the gas pedal i <laughs> it's not i don't know man I, that's just how i feel about it but uh it was interesting to see josh barry out there with the june bug uh turning some laps at bulls gap <laughs> a classic or a comanche or who even knows I, I was thinking about that do you think josh barry has ever raced dirt uh, who knows i'm kind of thinking not Tennessee, he probably it, hasn't because he raced uh, Nashville and Winchester, Virginia, and all that. I mean, like I, you know, he's a he's an asphalt guy. I don't think he's ever really run dirt. Obviously, he's gonna run uh, Chase's car this weekend. I really think, which this is all theories with Casper, the host here. I think the fact that he is gonna run the dirt race this year tells me that Dale Junior is looking to have a charter next year. Because I, Josh Berry's never run dirt before, and he needs to get uh, dirt in so that he can, uh, you know, race that for points next year when it matters. Because um, otherwise, I think you would have seen Hendrick go after somebody else. Obviously, I made the case for Brandon Overton. Yeah, I made the case for Brandon Overton since Davenport was taken. Ricky Thornton Jr. would have been a good option. I mean, honestly, Kyle Strickler would have been probably a good option. He honestly, in some ways, Strickler might kind of do better than some of them because he has a lot of um, modified experience. Again, Owens has a lot of modified experience. Owens also has experience on banked racetracks. Owens also ran street stocks for a lot of years. So uh, there's there's a big list, and I I mean I was hoping they'd pull somebody, but hopefully it worked out for Josh Berry. So uh, other than that, Kyle Larson won. The, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Mike Marler won this race last year. Um, we don't really have an entry list um, that I've seen. I looked pretty hard. Uh, but did you have a pick that you wanted to make uh, for the Kyle Larson Late Mile Challenge to win? I do. All right. Go with some local pride here, seeing that they're going to be there. Go with the 23 machine. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Corey Hedgecock. JP's taking Corey Hedgecock in the BMF race car for the dub at Bulls Gap over Kyle Larson, Kyle Busch, Jonathan Davenport, Jimmy Owens. That is what I'm talking about, son. I'm oh, I'm excited for this race now. Not a baby. Uh, and, and I got to give him a big shout out because uh, I actually got with him on Twitter and got his logo for BMF race cars, and now it's on the iRacing car. Hey, that's awesome, man. You need to see if you can get like a full 23 wrap going in there, man. Shoot. That's awesome. I, so I went, the only thing I got, Corey, if you were to hear this, I was at the track at 411 a couple weeks ago and bought a t shirt, and I was like, hey, 
I really want one of those stickers. I, I got this toolbox behind me, guys, in my studio. And uh, I put all the race car stickers I can find on it. And I really need a BMF race car sticker because it's one of the baddest logos in all racing. And I really want one. So, Corey, we need to get those for sale online. They weren't there last time I checked, which was like last week. So, um, that's a great pick, sir. And if he wins, that would be awesome. He's going to have a fresh car and a fresh motor. And, uh, He's I mean, it's, it's going to be a long shot probably, but that would be cool. Um well, uh, since you uh, left it out there, I'm going to take the low-hanging fruit. Uh, I'm going to take Mr. Uh, Hammerdown himself, 49. I think uh, I think that they've really got that thing pointed where they need to go. I think, you know, he got the win last week. And uh, I think that he runs pretty good at those kind of racetracks, man. He loves them, and he runs good at them. So I'm going to take 49 to do that. So... Since neither of us have picked one, I wanted to ask you, who do you think is going to be the highest finishing NASCAR driver? And out of three, how many make the feature? I'm going to go for a stretch here. I'm going to take Kyle Busch as the highest finishing. Over Larson? And only only two of them make it to the feature. Oh, man. Who misses? Briscoe. Oh. oh, okay. After going to Bristol the first year and seeing Kyle Busch start dead last in a B main and come yeah. win it, I mean, he yeah. can drive a late model. Well, I got confidence in him. I so I agree with that. The only so I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat for one here in just a second, but the one thing I, that I does scare me about Kyle Busch is he's driving Overton's cars, and Overton has been eh this year right he hadn't been exactly what we expect out of brandon overton i'm sure they've put in a lot of work over the last couple months rain outs and he was quick you know like I, we talked about earlier he was quick at east alabama so um here's my here's my thing just so they know that was kind of a trick question they're all getting in the show because uh, i know you weren't there but william byron got in the show on a, a promoter's provisional last year because <laughs> he wasn't getting in without it <laughs> and then he spun out two more times so um well uh, no i'm not gonna be wrong briscoe's gonna junk it in hot laps <laughs> okay <laughs> calling your shots all right i like it well we'll see what happens there um uh, i'm gonna take i'm just gonna go ahead and take larson to get the highest finish the only thing is they don't race that car very often and they do have a lot of mechanical failures when they unload it and it's just because they don't race it they don't practice it you know kevin just unloads out of the trailer and kyle straps into it and puts his foot to the floor so maybe um, kevin will do a good bolt check tonight or tomorrow (laughs) yeah i think they're already up there some of those guys are already up there i don't know if you saw but shannon babb is in attendance he was there um, I don't know if he was, I, I, he's got that blue frame car, which I think is his Longhorn, right? Yeah. So, um, at first I thought maybe he was, you know, over there at Mooresburg at Team Zero getting some work done. He's like, well, I'll just race over here. But I think he was going to run the Longhorn, so guess not. i curious to see if Blomquist shows up, kind of doubt it. He'll be there. He just may not be racing. So, um, all right. So that gets us past the Kyle uh, Larson Late Mile Challenge. I'll be sure to tune in on Flow. JP's got Corey Hedgecock in the 23 BMF for the win. I'm taking the fast 49. Hashtag 49 the goat for the dub. Okay. Uh, Moving on, speeding this up a little bit. Spring Nationals are on a flow Friday night. uh, $10,053 to win. Um, 
uh, with Virginia. It's a pretty cool racetrack. You guys should tune in and watch that on Flow if you can't make it. Um, you know, I, I just... Huh, I don't know. I think that'll probably be a good race. And you're going to have a good field of cars, man, with all these races. They're all pretty close together there. Um, you know, Bulls Gap with and Tazville. Uh, there's a lot of money on the line for quote-unquote regional races, you know. Um, you've got 20 with Kyle Larson's deal Thursday, uh, 10 on Friday, 21 on Saturday. Does it get any better than that? I mean, really, yeah. in three days. And plus, plus that $2,000 Yeah, award. plus $2,000 poll award. So, um, so y'all be sure to tune in with. We're not going to make picks for that one. Well, I'm not going to. Did you have one you wanted to make? Jimmy Owens. I saw he's going to be there. Jimmy okay, actually, I, I am going to make a pick. I'm going to take Carson Ferguson there. He ran really good there last year. Um, at one point, I think he was racing against Roberson. Don't quote me on that. But I'm going to take Carson Ferguson to get the win it with. Uh, moving on to Tazewell. Um, like our man there was just telling us, they have a $2,100 poll award for the cars that are signed in. Um, it looks like there's about 2021 that are already signed in, something like that. Um, some local regulars as well as the likes of Tyler Herb, uh, Ricky Weiss, Dale McDowell, Jimmy Owens, uh, Brandon Overton, you know, and Carson Ferguson. That's kind of the names that some of you might know that aren't really from around here uh, that will be up there racing. So uh, here for Tazewell, um, I guess there's some potential we might go. I'm not, you know, it kind of depends on what happens. If uh, you come up here and uh, if – you know, we might go pen and weather situations. We'll talk about that later. But um, I was going to ask you to make a pick for the poll and for the dub. Right, I'm going to pull some more local pride out here for the poll. Oh, Lord. Go with Austin Neely for the poll. That's actually a super good pick. He always qualifies quick there. And for the feature win... We're going to go kind of outside the box here with old Turbo. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Okay, I like that. So, my pole pick is Turbo. I uh, He he qualifies better in races anyways, and you know as good as I do, Tazel qualifying at Tazel. That's a Turbo yeah. kind of place. To win the pole at Tazel... When you do your single car qualifying, which is the only track that has single car qualifying days, but when you do it to win the pole, you just don't lift and then you win. I mean, it's not that hard, and uh, I think he might be crazy enough to try it. So, um, I'm gonna take Turbo for the pole. Uh, Neely was actually on my list of possibles, and another one up there that you should also watch local guys wise there. Mac Carter. Uh, well, yeah, but if he don't wreck. But the one I was going to say is Dakota Knuckles. He pretty much only races up there at Tazewell. And that's basically what Austin Neely does as well. And those boys, they have a bunch of laps on that track, and they will have them ready. They'll have them right and tight uh, for 21000 to win. That's just, it is what it is. So, um, curious to that. Also, the return of Jason Trammell. I, I don't know if you caught that in that uh, pre-sign list. He hasn't raced in like yeah. a year, as far Forever. as I know. His night. car was for sale at one point, um, so that'll be cool too. He could he could also be a comp competitive guy, but like I said, uh, JP took Austin Neely there for the pole as local guy. I'm not I'm taking Turbo, but Dakota Knuckles is a dark horse there on the pole. He runs really good at Tazewell, and he could be a dark horse for the race. Um, for the race win, I'm gonna take 
Jimmy Owens. Um, I think Owens has got to get something done. Obviously, um, he, you know, I thought he was finally going to get his his win with the new team there, Color Motorsports, at 411, and uh, Corey unloaded and was quick and ready to go. Is there any chance Corey takes it to uh, to Tazewell? He he never races there. So I don't think so because (laughs) I think he's going to I seventy five for that. uh, Oh yeah, great race. Uh, Race your ice off. I seventy five. Okay. I don't even have that in the notes because I I just don't. That's so far down on the list of things I'm paying attention to this weekend. But uh, I did see Jason Welshin's not going to race that because of the tire rule. He's going to run. Uh, he's just going to wait till Crate Racing USA comes back around. But yeah, that makes sense. So, and Corey never races at Tazewell either. Like he just a lot. You know these a lot of these guys yeah. won't go there because they know they're going to tear something up. It's just like going to Bristol. But um, so. That's our picks for that. Hunt the Front, we're going to even consider turning on Hunt the Front at Alltech. I think it's 3000 on Friday and 10000 or 20000 on Saturday. Are we even considering watching it? Uh, I was actually going to look and see how much their uh, yeah, I was, thing was today. I haven't looked. If it's not too bad, I might get it and see what they're I was curious on. to see how much it was. Uh, if it's $40 a month, I'm definitely out, but... Uh, if you come up here and we end up just streaming a bunch of stuff in the studio up here, you know, we might we might look at it and see how it goes. But I don't know. Um, so other than that, the Working Man XR race at Bulls Gap on Tuesday. I don't really want to make a pick because I don't know what's going to happen. I think the weather is going to be very dependent on that. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll do some picks on Twitter for that on Monday, unless you had somebody you were just dying to pick for that. Yeah, I don't have nobody. The coolest there. thing about that is the open trailer reward. Uh, if you went off an open trailer, is it a three thousand dollar bonus or something like that? Something like that. That'd be cool. Uh, I do hope that they're not letting guys like use shock smashers, you know, in somebody else's toter though, because that's just not the. I mean, you well, know. I'd say it. They might say that's a rule, but they they're still gonna be using I, somebody's sprint smasher. I mean, I'm aware, but it's just like you know, let's just. It'd be cool if they could just show up and win. You know, like that time Riley won at the open trailer at Boyd's we were just talking about earlier. So, other than that, like I said, I-75 is racing um, the American All-Star Series. Um, that'd be cool, I guess, if uh, there's nothing else going on. <laughs> just kidding. I'll probably definitely see what happens with it. Like I said, I like I-75 and... I like crate racing. Uh, obviously, that's like my favorite division. Other than supers, there's a lot of them up here in Tennessee, and that'll be a good race. So, yeah, it'll definitely be a good race. <laughs> you know, they'll have Cardwell and yeah, uh, Brandon Miller, Hedgecock. Hedgecock will probably whoop everybody's yeah. ass. You want to make I mean, a pick? Seventy-five. You want to make make a pick? Yeah, at the twenty-three. I mean, there's nobody else to pick there. Okay. I'm taking. Uh, I'm gonna take twenty-two. Yeah. yeah. Hayden's not going to be Hedgecock there. I'm going to take Hayden for the dub at I-75 on Saturday. 22 over 23. Mark it down. I don't don't even think there's a chance for that. Mark it down. That rusty webbed on machine is quick, son. It's quick. Hey, he was going to beat Corey at 411 last time he won the Crate Race USA deal, and then he screwed up. I mean, I'm just saying. Anyways, 
Uh, that's all I got. You got anything else? Any other events we need to talk about for this upcoming weekend? We've, there's only a million. I mean, we're, we haven't even talked about the actual NASCAR dirt races, but this isn't a NASCAR show, so we're not going to do that. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, not really. I ain't got nothing Do else. you want it? Uh, well, here's what I am going to ask you, because we're not. I'm not going to have you on here before the, the NASCAR race, but <clears throat> under over on Jonathan Davenport's finish on Sunday in the cup race. Um, the line is 20 over or under. I think he gets a top 10, so under. All right. I, uh, I really think he does too. And I know that I'm completely biased to think that's possible. I think the thing that could hurt him, I'm a little bit scared about him running the truck and the cup car. He's not used to shifting. Yeah. And, uh, then you know you're gonna go from H pattern to uh, sequential, sequential yeah. and I don't know, but I think the time in the seat in the truck is really gonna be beneficial for him. So if it were to be rained out Saturday, start the Cup race, no practice, no qualifying, that could be really bad for him. So I'm really hoping that he can get some practice in Friday, or at least you know practice or heats or something in on Saturday. Um, I think more seat time the better. Super cool opportunity. Obviously, the only reason I'm going, I know you can't go. Uh, I did purchase tickets, so I'm going. Um, if it's on Monday, I'm not. But if it's on Sunday, I'm going to watch it. So, um, you going to make a pick for the win there? Uh, yeah, I'm going to take Tyler Reddick for the Sunday race. Very solid pick. I am going... Um... So my two is either Daniel Suarez or um uh Briscoe actually, but I'm not gonna make a pick till my Friday preview show. I got some time. I might change my mind, but those are kind of the two I'm leaning on. So um other than that, Mr. JP, we appreciate you being on here. Did you have a good time? Yes, sir. All right. Well, thank you for attending. Be sure to share this with all your friends. Uh, thanks for coming on after your late race. I know you need to rehydrate. You know, you get real sweaty running those 40 lap features at Volusia. So, um, yeah. Thanks again for Before being we get here. here. I want to give a shout out to my team, uh, Dirty Monkey Racing. Check them out on Facebook. I told John I'd, I'd throw them out there mm. for him. All right, Dirty Monkey Racing. Y'all just be sure to slap some uh, Caution Flag Contemplations logos on all your cars, too, while you're hey, at it. I got you know? one on mine. I know you do. I like it. It's sexy. So uh, appreciate you being on here, man. Uh, have a good night. And, uh, hey, we'll do this again sometime. Hope to have you back. Yes, sir. All right. Appreciate you. Just as a reminder, please give the show five stars. Give it a review wherever you're listening at. Uh, we are now found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, as well as Spotify. Um, if you can, please leave us any comments, reviews that you can. Uh, get in touch with us at our social. That'll be on Twitter, at C Contemplations. That'll be on Facebook, at Content Flag Contemplations Podcast. On TikTok, at Casper943. Please give us a follow. Please give us a shout. If you guys have any comments, questions, concerns about the show, that's where you can reach me. Thanks.